Good morning. Happy uh, Hosanna Day, Palm Sunday. May we all stand for an opening prayer, please. Dear God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. Thank you, Lord, for, for giving us a very beautiful day after all past days of storm, lots of rain, lots of water for summer. Yes, we may have some challenges, but Lord, still a blessing for us to be here. Thank you, Lord, again for, and we please open our hearts and our mind for the, the message uh, provided, Lord. Uh, use me, Lord, as an instrument only to deliver your message. May you be increased and I be decreased. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, Pastor Brent has given us a marvelous message on chapter 14 of Exodus. The triumphant entry and exit of the Israelites into the Red Sea as led by the powerful hands of the Lord. What we can relate as well as, the, the, as what we call the Red Sea of baptism into Christ. And today as we continue for the study of Exodus... Chapter 15 will tackle now on the aftermath, aftermath of the triumph. In chapter 15, we read of the first recorded song of praise to God during this time. Giving all praises and glory to where it belongs. It is an awesome, splendid song. On one hand, God and God alone is a song giving the testimony of those that had seen the salvation of their Lord. But before anything else, I would like to look at the you to look at the screen and maybe answer those questions. Who likes to sing? Or who likes singing? Raise of hands. <laughs> who likes music? Pretty sure everybody likes music. Who likes or loves to sing, even in the bathroom? Or taking a shower? Who has the gift of singing? <laughs> I think everybody has the gift of singing, right? Whether it's your off tune or in tune or whatnot, you have the, goof of, the uh, gift of singing. That's why there's choir. You know, we're not going to be all of the same voices, and that's the beauty of music. Um, and who has the gift of composing a song? That one kind of a challenge, but yes, there are people who are gifted with composing songs, especially for the Lord. Moses is one of them who had give thanks and praise to God during that time. One of my, my sons have asked me, Papa, are you nervous or worried about today? And I said, yeah, no, my hands are trembling. The Israelites, for sure, were nervous and worried about going forward into the Red Sea. Just imagining you know, yourself to be 
crossing the river. We, we don't know what's going to happen. And just trust God. Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do. Okay? But it won't get you anywhere. We need to do something. We need to go forward. We have to step up. What we have actually in, in chapter 14 and 15 are back-to-back accounts of Exodus from Egypt. The one in Exodus 14 appears to be as a prose, what was, as to what Pastor mentioned, prose and poetry. The one in Exodus 15 appears to be the poetry. The only parallel to this is in the Old Testament in Judges, the account of Deborah's victory over the Canaanites. Judges 4 tells it in a prose type, in a prose way, and Judges 5 tells it in a poetry. Prose is account for you know, like a narration of what happened. Poetry accounts for celebration. Exodus 14, as we have pros and cons, Exodus 14 tells the story, an old, old story, while Exodus 15 sings of the old story. You walk and march or march in chapter 14. You dance in chapter 15. Chapter 14 focuses on what God has done. Chapter 15 focuses on our appropriate response to what God has done. This is taken actually from the commentary book uh, provided by Pastor Brent from his library, from Victor Hamilton about Exodus, a really marvelous book. Um, There is a holy hush in chapter 14 using fortissimo in chapter 15. And why not? God wipes away all fears, all, all fears after he has wiped out all Egyptians. Chapter 14, you are on the move. People were on the move. Chapter 15, they are standing still on the seashore. Chapter 14 highlights dry ground. Chapter 15, there is not a dry eye. Chapter 14, a cloud goes ahead of Israel. Chapter 15, verses 14 and 16, Israel's reputation goes ahead of the people. Chapter 14, Moses says nothing, but God asks him, why are you crying out about me? Chapter 15, Moses is quiet, quite verbal, but God does not say why are you singing about, out about me? Chapter 14 is about worship. But chapter 15 is about worship. My, my signal with, with, uh, with my son here is kind of not connecting. But anyway... <laughs> I have to train him more. On my reflection with this chapter, actually, 
with reading um, other references and studies, I see these reflections. How much credit it gives to Israel for what has been achieved? How much of self is there in this particular song? Either mentioning Israel's good or bad deeds. What does it reveal about the character of God and the character of the enemy? How much singing has Israel been doing up until this point? We don't know. This is the first recorded one, but they might have been singing even from the past. How much praise has found its way up to God? Most of the time the Israelites complain, like us, and then some fault-finding again. But now, for the first time, we see real praise. It is interesting that this is the very first song that is revealed in the scripture. Not only that, but it is the first recorded, as I mentioned earlier, singing praise to God. And then the other reflection is, do we, do we find the same song and where in the scripture? We will find out. But before anything else, may I request for everyone to see the scriptures with a smile, with a celebration. It may, hard, may be hard right now, maybe with the situation you have. But as the saying goes, thou shalt not look like a graven image. Smile sometimes. Please. We need to smile for the Lord, for the victory He has provided us. Exodus 15, well, <clears throat> 1 to 3. Next week. What do we notice about this particular verses? What kind of relationship? Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its riders he has hurled into, into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. And I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. The first thing to note about the start of this song is that it is very personal. You need something personal sometimes, right? In a relationship, in dealing with God. He is very real, very active, not passive, and very much in control. He is not seen as someone far away or uninterested. Do you feel that sometimes in some of your acquaintances, in some of your friends, in some of your, in, within the family sometimes, they're not interested. They, they, you feel that way. You talk and talk and talk. They're busy with their cell phones and, you know, they, they're or looking at uh, whatever it is they're looking at. And they seem to be not interested. It's good that God did not use cell phone at that time. And he was listening ear to each and every one for every cry that the Israelites did. Not only that, but the Lord is Israel's strength and salvation. Not just 
a helper or help. Think about it. How often do we pray asking um, the Lord to help us? How often do we do that? A lot, right? Lord, help me. Lord, help us. Lord, help. The word help is abused and misused. That is what most of us, or, or most of us, think about God. The, uh, that they are the ones who basically have to struggle on with whatever strength they have, while the Lord supplies a little bit of strength or patience or help for every long, hard road. Well, because of what Israel had seen before their very eyes, they had gone beyond just having the Lord as a helper. And I believe we, need, we can do that in our lives, right? They had seen that he didn't just help, but that he fully took over. And when he takes over, he becomes our strength and salvation, not just a helper. Do we have God in his rightful place as the one who, through our consent, can live out his life through you? Or through us. Is he in, our, in the right place in, in us? As just not a helper. But the strength and salvation. Chapter 15. As we continue on. 4 to 12. This is quite a long verse. But. Basically, it tells of how our sins have been defeated like lead. We, I want to emphasize on uh, the verse saying, the enemy boasted. Is it in that screen? It's in the next one. Yes, there you are. Uh, it's clear at the back. Can you see at the back? All right. The enemy boasted, I will pursue. I will overtake them. I will divide the spoils. I will gorge myself on them. I will draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. I will. Who's saying this in our lives all the time? Who wants to destroy you? Who wants to destroy your fate? So familiar when Satan accuses us on everything as what the claim of the enemy. The enemy boasted. Again, I will pursue, I will overtake them. My hand will destroy them. The enemy wants to destroy our faith, our belief in Christ. Definitely so, because that's his only job. Satan is full of boasts, but he, his defeat occurred at the cross. And any accusations or doubts that he may try to place upon God's people are, are as empty, as empty as Pharaoh's famous last words. Start praising God. We need to start praising God again. For Jesus Disarm the powers and authorities he made on an open demonstration of them, triumphing over them by the cross. 
let us stand on our ground and be firm. The song also focuses on what became of the Egyptian army. If you look, uh, look at it at the beginning, right? They, they, the aftermath is really horrific. I mean, they, they are, they're gone. As they took an, unex, uh, an unexpected plunge into the Red Sea, when they crossed, the Lord shattered the enemy. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. They, he hurled them into the sea. It was an awesome picture. For the present generation, we might be saying that was, that was cool. Right? That was cool. It was amazing. For kids right now, I always hear that word, cool. You know? my, my, my kids are, sometimes laugh at me because of the words I use of this generation and they could see me. But when they're amazed about something, they say, that's cool, Dad. This is very cool. The enemy coming against you, defeated, because of the power of God demonstrated. The same thing with us. We could be successful and succeed any trials and tribulations with God's strength and power. It is the very same when the Lord Jesus Christ, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, dealt fully with our past, present, and future sin, burying them in the waters of baptism as deep as he did the Egyptians. And it says above that the God unleashed his burning anger. It consumed like a stubble. This passage actually should remind us. It should remind us of the anger and the justice of God that was poured out upon the cross and consumed the one who unconditionally took our place. And that is our Lord Jesus Christ. If we know the victory that was achieved on the cross, please believe it to be true for our own lives and keep our, ourselves focused on it. This week, we will be looking at and remembering. Okay, we will be remembering the cross. We'll have the um, Monday, Thursday, a Good Friday, Black Saturday, and then Easter Resurrection Day. These are four key days for us, plus today. Today actually is the Hosanna Day. It's, a, it's welcoming. It's the, the triumphant entry of our Lord Jesus Christ into Jerusalem. As we continue on 15, in your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will grip the people of Felicia. The chiefs of Edom will be uh, terrified. The leaders of the Moabs will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away 
terror and dread will fall upon them. By the power of your arm, they will be as, as still as a stone until your people pass by, O Lord, until the people you bought pass by. What do you notice about these words? And what reminds us of the New Testament scripture? If God be for us, who can be against us? The countries or the people mentioned here are all enemies of the Israelites, if you look at it. And it's very prophetic as well. It has a very prophetic song. In Joshua 2, 9 to 11, when, when Israel finally got into the promised land, Rahab spoke of the fear that came upon the inhabitants of Canaan, saying, I know that the Lord has given this land to you, and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so, uh, so that all who lived in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you and when you came out of Egypt. When we heard of it, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord, your God, is God in heaven above and on the earth below. How many years was the gap when they came in to this place and the song that was written? I believe there's about 40 years. They were around and around. and not, you know, They were going nowhere in a sense. But from that time of the Red Sea to this time when they are into the Promised Land, they remembered. And until now, it has been prophesied from that time on. Exodus 15, 17 to 21. It is not just salvation for them. It was also a promise. You will bring them in and plant them onto the mountain of your inheritance. The place, O Lord, you made for your dwelling. The sanctuary, O Lord, your hands established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. Apart from the salvation provided in the Red Sea, the promised land has also been given into this particular song. So it's very obvious that it's not just about salvation. The same thing with us. And then I like the last portion. Wherein, when Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and charioteers rushed into the sea, the Lord brought the water, crashing down on them. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Then, who came? Who was in the picture? Miriam. Ladies, this was your time to sing. Miriam the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine. Who said that drums cannot be used in music? Anyway, tambourine. And led all women as they played their tambourines and danced. And Miriam sang the song. Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. 
He has hurled both horses, horse and rider into the sea. It was a celebration. And thank you women for catching up. It was a beautiful, wondrous song and a triumphant song that we need to remember. And don't forget, this is for us to remember as well. Romans 5.10 states this. How much more when it says, For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? Surely this is something to be thankful for. God's work on our behalf never stops at salvation, at our salvation. The Bible says that if He sent His Son to cross to the cross when we were His enemies, which He did, then we should have a greater expectation of His continual work on our behalf now that He has given us His Son. Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is actually a day of celebration, but also grief for our Lord Jesus Christ. There are three, um, in the three Gospels, we will find the same uh, picture and how they prepared for the, you know, for Christ getting, he commanded the disciples to get that particular uh, cult attached and the owner might be wondering, what are you doing with my horse? Are you, are you getting it? And it's part of the prophecy. They are questioning that. But, and then they say, well, the Lord has commanded us to pick this up for him. And, and then he rode the, the horse. And, and basically, um, it was fulfilled. The excitement was there. Hosanna has been shout into, into the midst while he was coming in. Their cloaks and um, palm trees, right? Palm leaves were put on, on the ground to welcome him. But if we look at the, the version of Luke, Luke 19 In verses 41 to 44, this is what we find. As he approached Jerusalem, saw the city, what happened? He wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day, what would bring you peace? But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in every side. On every side, they will dash you to the ground. You and the children within your walls, they will not leave one stone. On another, because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. 
He was saddened when he entered Jerusalem. The need for them to have the proper peace. They missed the boat. It was just right in front of them. They missed the Messiah that they had been waiting for. And again, prophetically so, Jesus Christ saying about the walls of Jerusalem. And now they have the walls as well to protect them from the enemies. Because they, they have missed God Himself. For us, I think, no, it's not that I think. God has been exposed to us through our Lord Jesus Christ. The chosen people have rejected it. It was given to us, Gentiles. We accept it. And we thank Him for opening it to us, Gentiles. But we should accept it. We have to recognize who He is. We have to know what He has done for us on the cross. Not just, okay, we celebrate. But we also have to recognize the sacrifice has done for us. Then we celebrate. The last question I have before I conclude is in the questions that I had in the, in the beginning is where in the scripture we find again the song of Moses. Go to Revelation. I just want you to see this. Revelation 15. Even me, I was amazed by, by the link of the Old Testament to the New Testament to the future revelation. And you'll be surprised. Revelation 15, 1 to 4, and you will see. I saw in heaven another great and marvelous sign. Seven angels with the seven last plagues. Remember the plagues? Last, because with them, God's wrath is completed. And I saw what looked like a sea of glass mixed with fire, and standing beside the sea, those who have been victorious over the beast, and his image, and over the number of his name. They held harps, given to them by who? By God. God provided the harps. And what did they do? And sang the song of Moses. The servant of God and the song of the Lamb. Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways. King of the ages, who will not fear you, O Lord, and bring glory to your name. For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. The song of Moses. But this time, God provided the instrument and good notes. Like right now, you know, when, when, when the kids do practice or the praise team would practice, they would tone their, you know, their guitar 
it will be in the right tone and it's not, uh, or, you know, synch- should be synchronized. In this case, God provided the instrument. And I'm pretty sure it's a perfectly tuned instrument. As we conclude, what an awesome and marvelous song. It covers all aspects of Israel's salvation and gives all glory to the Lord. In contrast with much of our praise and worship today, it does not focus on all self, but places the God of Israel in His rightful place as Savior, Redeemer, and Lord. As we have seen, it is a song that we can sing to for God. Is all of these things to us. Let us see. Through the revelation of God's grace, the extent of His salvation, and let's believe His word and sing His praise too. In 2 Corinthians 15, 54, 57, So when the corruptible shall be put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why we need to celebrate. Let us all stand to have a reflection. Let us reflect, Lord, let us reflect into the Lord on the Word of God that we have heard today from the old Song of Moses to the triumphant entry to the revelation given to us and the promise after the victory. Let us pray. O Lord God, we give thee thanks and praise for for this wondrous and wonderful gift that you have provided us, the song that you have put into Moses' lips and shared upon us. Lord, you like music. 
And we know that. You created music. It's just sad sometimes that your creation has been abused, misused. And that's what the enemy has been bringing us toward and putting us on. May we ask for your protection for the creation of all the music around. And we, as followers and believers of you, be creating music for you alone, to adore you. May we use our gifts and talent to the use of your glory. Again, we thank you, Lord, for this day. And this we pray in Jesus' name. So I guess I have to ask again, who likes music? Who likes singing? I think I heard everyone sing for Christ today, and thank you for that. For our benediction, in Colossians 3, 15 to 17, says... Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to the Lord the Father through Him. Amen.